0: We are uh, in the beginning (coughs) stages of a a sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit or fruits of the Spirit. Uh, It actually is singular, but it lists uh, nine fruits that come from the Spirit's existence in our lives. Last week we looked at love and in our little diagram it's identified with the red apple And uh, joy, of course, fittingly, is the orange. And that is our subject today. When I think of uh, joy, I suppose the first contact I had as a child was hearing Christmas uh, carol joy to the world. and It's not a word we use every day in our lives, but it became a powerful Christian word for me. And then uh, Sunday school really imprinted it on me, so I'm going to sing for you. (laughs) So when I was a kid in Sunday school, maybe kindergarten, first grade, uh, we sang the song. I've got that joy, 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 joy down down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Okay, so then when I got into the first grade, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, all right, all right. What was that second verse? Wait, 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 who is it? We want to get on the same page. Bill, is that you? Okay, roll. Okay, what was it then? I have the love of Jesus. Okay, okay, that's, okay. I have the love of Jesus, love of Jesus down in my heart. Okay, that's enough. And that, And then we heard, uh, I have the peace that passes understanding down. Now, I think it was when I got into the fifth grade that I got the more complicated verse. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Depths of my heart. Okay, now I never heard this verse until I found it online this week. And it goes like this. The devil doesn't like it, but he, he can, can sit on attack. Right. Okay, here we go. The devil doesn't like it. He can sit on attack. No, no, no. He can sit on attack. Ouch! That's what you got. So that's how we learn, right? Now I wanted to make sure the young people were here to hear me sing, but they're going to be dismissed out to a special joyful activity. <laughs> okay, Connie's going to rescue you guys. <laughs> Joy. And, and when I was looking for a special verse to focus our attention, oh, by the way, those of you who knew that song and sang it with me, you're Sunday school nerds. Baptist Baptist Sunday School nerds, right? <laughs> and those of you who couldn't sing it, consider yourself blessed. <laughs> um, I've chose a passage in First Peter in uh, the beginning of his letter. Now, First Peter is one of the oldest books in the New Testament. If it was truly written by Peter, which I believe it was, with the help of Sylvanus, as he says toward the end of the book. That means it was written sometime in the late 60s toward the end of Peter's life. And uh, he was reflecting on what his faith meant to him and writing a letter to the people who were part of uh, his missionary journeys, the people who were uh, led to the Lord and established churches in various parts of Asia Minor, which is now called Turkey. So at the beginning of the letter, he, um, he talks about the places that he's writing to, and it's almost like you can follow it on the map, because they're the way you would travel if you had a circular letter uh, that went from church to church. I'm going to focus first on two verses, and then we'll come back and look from the beginning. First is uh, verse 6. In this you rejoice even if now for a little while you had to suffer various trials. In this you rejoice even if. And then in verse eight, although you have not seen him, you love him and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. You rejoice even though. You rejoice even if bad things are going on in your life. You rejoice even though you don't see how it all adds together. You can't see God's hand in it. Your rejoicing is in spite of all these circumstances in your life that are negative. I mean, you can list your complaints, right? And afterwards in our conversations, we probably will with one another. And you can compare uh, illnesses, bad fortune. So our negatives are very much with us. But why is there still a kind of a a twinkle? Why is there still a a stubborn joy in the Christian life? Well, Wait, wait, oh, you answered me, okay. I thought, I thought that was the Lord. Uh, because there are not only negatives going on in your life, but there are positives. And these are the things that Peter lists that I want to remind you of. We're going to begin now at verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the exiles of the dispersion, Now, that reflects on the Jewish dispersion throughout the ancient world, but the Christian church was seeing itself as a dispersion from Jerusalem to all the places they had been driven by circumstances, by uh, persecution, and so forth. So he's writing to the exiles of the dispersion, and here are the towns in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And if you look at ancient uh, records, you'll find those are all part of what we now call Turkey. And here are the beginning of the positives. I'm writing to you, verse 2, who have been chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ, to be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now I look at that verse and I'm lifting words out of it. The word chosen. You, take it personally. You are chosen. The word destined. The word sanctified. And then I summarize the word into blood sprinkle. It means what the Lord has done for you in the crucifixion. And it's not hard to see that there's also a reference to the Trinity here. It's God the Father who has chosen and destined you. It is God the Spirit who has sanctified you. It is God the Son who has sprinkled you with his blood and sacrificed his life for you. All of that is part of the positive soil of your life in which the fruit is born. Going on to verse 3 in in, uh, 1 Peter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at these words and put them together with the ones we already have. Great mercy, God's great mercy. New birth, the new birth of a new you, which creates a living hope in you that can't go away because it's constantly being revived. And uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which also is mirrored in the resurrection of your life, the new you being emerging in the promise of an eternal life. All of these are yours because you believe in Jesus, because you've accepted him. These are part of the soil of your life. Going on to verse 4. And into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Look at the items Peter added in this last section we read to the ones we had before. He's added an inheritance, which he describes as imperishable, undefiled, unfading. He mentions heaven. He mentions the fact that you are protected by God. And then he mentions your salvation. And I put down salvation now and salvation later because we see a reference here to the salvation uh, which is to come when Jesus is revealed. But then down in verse 9, there's also a reference to the fact that right now, your soul is saved. So it's a salvation now and later. Look at, look at that verse. I mean, so many, just take one thing. Just take the word chosen. Just take the word inheritance. Just take the word salvation. Each, each one of them is, is, is a reason for rejoicing. And and you add all of these together and you have the motivation for the Christian life to be joyful in spite of everything. Even if, even though. Let's go on. Verse six. Now this is one of the verses we read up front. In this you rejoice even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials. So that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable is treated by fire, tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed, although you have not seen him. Now, Peter was a witness of Jesus, and he had seen him, but the people he's writing to had not seen him in the flesh. But although you have not seen him, you love him and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Wow. Faith was mentioned right up front. Well, Your faith is part of this as well. A gift of God, but also something that emanates from within you. And one of the positive things in your life is the genuineness of your faith. Mentioned in verse 7. It's proved to be genuine because it's tested by fire. The genuineness of your faith. And then in verse 9, the outcome of your faith the salvation of your soul. Wow, there's so so many nutrients in the soil of your life as a believer. When we preached on uh, our Advent series where we had uh, hope, peace, joy, and love, I think that was the order. And as, as Pastor Connie mentioned last week, she's preaching a sermon on love, and she did in December during Advent. And I had preached on joy during Advent. So, you know, you've got to think. And then in in that sermon, I emphasized the difference between joy and happiness, where happiness depends on circumstances. But now I want to rethink this a little bit, because our joy comes out of a lot of circumstances. Our joy comes out of the circumstances of our faith-filled Christian life. And it is the fact that your walk with the Lord day by day, your growth in him, the work he's doing inside of you, creates all of these wonderful uh, realities. And these realities are the soil for the joy in your life. So all of these things the, the joy is just there. How can you not be joyful with all of those realities in your life? You know, the, maybe the circumstances right now don't give you a lot of comfort. Maybe you don't see all the answers right now. But even if and even though, the joy is there. I I came across a quote, and I thought it would be some... Uh, uh, maybe I was hoping it was from the Bible, or maybe some great Christian leader, but it was uh, something that was expressed by a uh, self-help person uh, by the name of Danielle Laporte. I'd never heard of her before, but uh, here's here's the quote, and I love it. Joy is the clearest indicator of deep wellness. Think about that. Joy is the clearest indicator of deep wellness. Deep wellness. Not just okay, but a deep wellness. And we have a deep wellness in our Christian spirits because of God's work in us. And I thought of, you know, the image being joy kind of... uh, exploding in our lives, you know? But but then a different image came to mind that seemed more fitting. Joy bubbles up. Yeah. Joy bubbles to the surface. Joy comes up even when we don't expect it because it's there, because all these realities are there. The fruit of the Spirit in your life, love, joy, and all the others. The fruit of the Spirit of your life is really well cultivated, and it's ripe for the picking. As summarized in verse eight, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. I'll settle for that, Lord. I'll settle for that. Dear Lord, thank you for a genuine experience of joy. Not because we kid ourselves, not because we take the right meds, not because everything in our life is going well, but because everything inside of us is going well. There's a deep wellness in us because of the work of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. Our joy bubbles up and runs over. We praise you in Jesus' name.